Australian True Crime, the nation's leading independent true crime podcast, is hitting the road with our live show. We're coming to Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane this July and tickets will be available starting May 10th at 9.30am sharp. They sold out in two hours last time, so do not dilly-dally. We know the suburbs of Australia are teeming with some of the most intriguing and chilling true crime stories the world has ever heard. Don't miss the chance to dive deeper and get involved with a live Q&A. With over a million and a half downloads monthly, these tickets will sell out. So keep an eye on our social media pages and check the podcast bio for direct links to purchase yours as soon as they're released on Friday, May 10. I can't wait to see you there. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This is a true crime podcast, as the title suggests. So please consider this your warning that it's not suitable for children. And it probably will contain content that may be triggering to some people. Also, it's an Australian true crime podcast, so Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners should be aware it may contain the voices of deceased people. The producers of this podcast recognise the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. Ray and Jenny Kellett's much-loved Great Dane, Ella, wandered alone and dehydrated into a caravan park in Sandstone, Western Australia, in March 2015. 
The phone calls that resulted from local police scanning Ella's microchip alerted both Ray and Jenny's families to the fact that something had gone terribly wrong during their latest adventure. Eight years and one inquest later, many questions still remain. Ray's brother Dave joins us on Australian True Crime today to tell us the story of the last eight years from his perspective. But first, we begin our conversation by learning more about who Ray and Jenny were. They lived for the outdoors. I mean, they lived on a farming property and they, they were always camping and off out in the bush and all that sort of outdoor activities, which is why when, when they were first reported missing, no one sort of thought, you know, it just didn't seem real because how is it possible that Ray and Jenny could possibly be missing in the middle of the middle of the bush? It just didn't make sense at all. Did anybody else know Graham Milne? Had anybody else in the family met Graham, the bloke that they went away with on this trip? No one from from Ray's side of the family had met him, but in the lead up to this trip, they did a lot of training and planning together. So how they met was they all worked at the same uh, mine site up north, mine site called Cloudbreak. Graham is a semi-professional prospector. He goes prospecting all the time. And from those discussions, they come up with a plan of Ray and Jenny getting involved in this prospecting venture. And when I say prospecting, now we know from the inquest that, that it, the main plan was to, to rope down these mine shafts and, and hope to, to find something that had been missed by hundreds of years of old timers <laughs> doing the same thing. Was it when the dog, their lovely dog, wandered into the, the caravan park close by all alone, dehydrated and stuff? Was that when, when the panic sort of started with the family? Yeah, that's right. So they told their respective kids that they'd be out of range for about 10 days because there's no mobile signal where they were. So there wasn't any concern prior to that. And it was about pretty much bang on 10 days when, when Ella found her way into town. Mm. So it's about... 25, 30 kilometres south of Sandstone where they were. So there is a question mark whether Ella managed to find her way in there or someone dropped her in there. No one's sort of come forward to say that they picked up a, a massive Great Dane. And that's what sparked the, the missing person report because the people in Sandstone, the Shire president there, managed to get the microchip reader and contact the family. Everyone sort of panicked from that moment because... Ray, Jenny and, and Ella were, were inseparable. So for Ella to be 30 kilometres away from where they were, everyone went into panic mode from that point on. Mel, Ray's daughter, her partner Elizabeth is the, is the one that took the, the call from the Shire of Sandstone. Ray had left uh, a satellite phone number with them for emergencies and like I said before, he said that they'd be offline for about 10 days but if there's an emergency here's the satellite number. So the first number that they called was that, and Graham picked it up and he was back in Perth. So he'd taken the satellite phone with him when he left. Seems odd. Yeah, so from all accounts, he didn't really, I mean, he, I don't know how he reacted to it. He obviously didn't venture forth any any reasons or why or how that might have come about that Ella made her way into town. So then Elizabeth... Then she started calling Jenny's kids and then the police. After that, that's when everyone sort of went into panic mode because they couldn't even make contact with them on the number that had been left 
for for that emergency. So he said that that he was only up there for the weekend. That they arrived on the nineteenth, which was a Thursday, and he left on the twenty second to come back to Perth because he had to go back to work. And for some reason, he brought the only means of communication back to Perth with him, the satellite phone. Yes. Now, I, he, his excuse for that was that, that he forgot that it was in the door pocket of his car. And then with the, the first search, he actually did go up and, and assist with the search. They asked him to go up there. Mm-hmm. And he took them in a southerly direction. He said that that's the direction that they were prospecting in. He said that Ella had kept on running away from camp when he was up there, so he got fed up with it and on the last day he went prospecting on his own for 18 hours or something and then arrived back at camp in the early hours of the morning and packed up and and left. So as far as his version of events was that they probably must have been chasing Ella and and got lost. Ultimately where Ray was found is, is two kilometres north of their camp and when he took the search crews, he took them south and east of camp, so in a complete opposite direction to where Ray was found. Three weeks ago today was the last time the couple was seen alive. They were looking for gold in sandstone. Their camp discovered deserted and locked down by police. Only a water container, a metal detector and possibly abseiling equipment missing. Two weeks later, police found Raymond's body at the base of an abandoned mine shaft. Since then, there's been no trace of the mother of three. It's been a tough road for her loved ones. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We should say at this point that from the outset of the inquest, the coroner did note that there'd been a lot of rumour and a lot of conjecture about Graham Milne being somehow involved in the fate 
of your brother, Ray, and of Jenny. So our attitude to this story is not new and we're not stepping outside of the bounds of any kind of, um, you know, ongoing what? investigation. I mean, the, the coroner said it herself. She said, look, I get it. She said, by the time of the inquest, it had become widely known that some suspicion had fallen upon Mr Milne in relation to the deaths and the intense media attention and speculation about his involvement had previously been raised with him in a televised program. No charges have ever been laid against Mr Milne in respect to the deaths, though he has been extensively questioned by police in relation to them. So in, in a way, she's kind of letting us know, yep, she knows, but she's also perhaps trying to say to him, him, you know, I, yes, I'm aware, but this is a clean slate. Let's just begin again. On that note, the, on the first day of the inquest, the detective that was working on the case in 2017, 2018, said on the stand that, that they'd ruled out any other person of interest except for Graham Mill and that he, he did have, the, or he did apply to charge him put in a report to the DPP on the basis to charge him and, and the DPP didn't find that there was a sufficient burden of proof or evidence to, to go ahead with that. He also said during the inquest that he and Ray heard gunshots while they were tooling around on the 19th of March and they went up to higher ground to take a look and they saw a vehicle. The stories that come out are, are interesting because they only come out when it's related to another piece of evidence. So as I said, Ray was found north. Graham says that they never went that way. But when they found cigarette butts near the, the hole, then all of a sudden he's remembered that, oh, yeah, actually we, we did go up there because we went up to a, a different mine shaft to the north, which was a, a crystal cave. What was the significance of the cigarette butts? Did Ray smoke? No, Ray didn't smoke. Jenny smoked and Graham smoked. So Got it. about... A couple of metres away from the entrance to the mine shaft Ray was found in, they found three cigarette butts. About a month later, they, they collected those cigarette butts and found that two of them had Jenny's DNA on them and one had Graham's DNA on them. Then there was the, the rifle that was found on the, on the back seat of Ray's car had, from all accounts, two bullets missing. And then you hear the story that they were up north of the mine shaft and there was two guys on on tabletop hill that were firing off shots so ray apparently took two shots at a cigarette packet in a tree just to let them know that that they were in the area does that gel with the ray you know your brother absolutely not not in any way possible from Ray's remains, were they able to, through the medical process, were they able to find a cause of death, nominate a cause of death for Ray? No, it was um, inconclusive. But his injuries were all on the left-hand side of his face and, and neck and back. He had a broken hyoid bone, which is renowned for strangulations and hangings. And he had his right hand, the metacarpals in his in his hand and were, were smashed. And Dr. Jeff Ecker, he's a orthopedic surgeon, he was called in to give evidence on, on that injury in particular. And he described that, that injury as being you generally don't see it outside of high impact, high energy motorcycle accidents, you know, when you sort of when your hands on a on the handlebars and you smash it into 
Armco or something like that. Right. So the injuries were quite specific in, in where they were. At the end of the inquest, what came of it? What was the, the coroner's findings? So the, the findings didn't come out for over a year. So ultimately, the coroner deemed that, that Ray was murdered, which was just fantastic news. Oh, that, that sounds completely wrong, no, doesn't it? No, we, I get it. We get it. We get it. Yeah, absolutely. Because we meet a lot of people who get the opposite and it's so disappointing. So, yeah, I get it. So we thought when the findings come out, especially in that case, that that she gave an open ruling for Jenny, given that she hasn't been found, but she she de- determined that Ray was murdered. My wife and I, we had, a, we had a party that night because we thought, okay, it's only going to be a matter of weeks or months at the most and someone will be locked up forever and yep, that's right. you know, we can we can work on finding Jenny. But turns out that, again, the police and the DPP, in their ultimate wisdom, couldn't come up with enough burden of proof to, to go ahead with it still. And you just, yeah, you're just left with more questions than answers. It's... Uh, tedious. One of the main reasons of doing these sorts of things is there is a possibility that there was people that were in the area at the time. So if there is people that are that were travelling around at the time and, you know, they they bumped into a couple of guys in a white Prada or whatever it was those guys were driving. So we're talking March 2015. Yep. Sandstone's the town to the north. Yep. The, lo- the local spot and Ella you know there's a, there is a chance that someone came across a great dane and picked her up and took her to the nearest caravan park and dropped her off if anyone sort of cited two random guys that potentially don't exist shooting off gunshots on the top of tabletop hill the other one was there was a couple Mark and Gina come across a guy that they described looking very much like Mill on on the morning that he left camp early in the morning on the side of the road so if if anyone else sort of saw a uh, guy that resembles a garden gnome driving along the road from sandstone to Payne's find or back to perth that weekend so anywhere between march 18 and march 22 2015 the term ambiguous loss i'm sure you've heard it before but and it's very real i mean we have that for Jenny, but I can't imagine what that's like for her kids. I mean, that's just that on a scale of, you know, times a hundred. It's 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 hideous to not knowing where, how, why. And the main person of interest is seventy years old now. My parents are eighty and ninety respectively. Everyone wants a resolution. We want justice. We want Jenny to be found, but it, it needs to be sooner rather than later because everyone's, you know, getting on. Eight years, eight and a half years. We don't want it to be twenty years, which seems to be the round figure in WA for these sorts of cases to be to be resolved. I mean, if it's another ten years, there we no one left to to see it, or no one left to charge. More the point. Thank you to our guest today, Dave Kellett. And if you have any information about this case, you can call Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 000. You can visit 
crimestopperswa.com.au or of course you can get in touch with us at Australian True Crime and we'll be happy to pass any messages on. If you need support after listening to this podcast, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or contact 1800 RESPECT on 1800 737 732 or 1800respect.org.au. Indigenous Australians can contact 13 Yarn on 13 92 76 or 13 yarn.org.au. Thank you for downloading this episode of Australian True Crime. We'll be back next week. Australian True Crime, the nation's leading independent true crime podcast, is hitting the road with our live show. We're coming to Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane this July and tickets will be available starting May 10th at 9.30am sharp. They sold out in two hours last time, so do not dilly-dally. We know the suburbs of Australia are teeming with some of the most intriguing and chilling true crime stories the world has ever heard. Don't miss the chance to dive deeper and get involved with a live Q&A. With over a million and a half downloads monthly, these tickets will sell out. So keep an eye on our social media pages and check the podcast bio for direct links to purchase yours as soon as they're released on Friday, May 10. I can't wait to see you there.